Welcome to the ALN podcast series. Today's episode is brought to you by the Andrew James Advisory Group. AJAG provides training in the ISO 55000 standard, and our world-class training qualifies students to take the ALN A55K certification exam, an industry recognition of an individual's knowledge of the standard. Certified individuals add value to any organization's asset management initiatives. Realizing your ISO 55000 vision need not be painful. Visit us at www.andrewjamesadvisory.com to see how we can help. Now, enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome. Thank you all for being here today. I'm Nick Kenoki, the Director of Technology for the Asset Leadership Network, and I'm excited for today's ALN Thursday at 3 production. Uh, before we get underway, we just certainly want to thank our ALN patron members, especially Onuma System for Kimon's, uh, Kimon Onuma's uh, participation in yesterday's microgrid uh, asset leadership uh, workshop and presentation. Uh, we also want to thank our organizational members, especially Grant Thornton, uh, and really all of our members help make events like this week's summit possible. Um, and then Trent Port Services, we also want to highlight for uh, John Arnup's participation in the roundtable on Tuesday, as well as the microgrid um, workshop yesterday. And then here's just a, a brief slide of the amazing presenters and speakers and panelists we had uh, throughout the week. Um, and thank you to all of uh, these awesome speakers for sharing their thoughts and industry experience and expertise, as well as coming to collaborate, share new ideas, and maybe learn something themselves. So I really appreciate that. And if you're out there watching, we would love to hear from you. Um, ALN Thursday at 3 is always a pretty informal discussion. And Actually, I think today may be a little more informal than most because I think our speaker has not yet arrived. <laughs> well, that's okay, Nick. Uh, Paul Schmodeloka is uh, the CEO of uh, uh, the company that is manufacturing the microgrids that Footprint Project is sending over to Ukraine. And uh, in setting up for this, he was very busy in addition to doing his full-time job, he's a uh, Ukrainian-American. His wife is from Ukraine. So he is um, very active in that also. So basically he's working two jobs. And if he got swamped with something today, we forgive him because of what uh, he's doing. Um, and we thank Kimon Onuma because uh, Kimon was willing to join today and provide a little bit of uh, a background for Paul to understand what happened yesterday. But uh, since Kimon's here, we can uh, kind of do a little uh, revisit um, of the workshop and presentation from yesterday. Uh, I got an email from Kimon uh, saying, it was even a bit much for me and I've been involved with all the plans for it. So today maybe we get to slow down and walk through it um, a little, uh, uh, easier, a little uh, more comprehensible. So what we did, uh, Kimon's been doing BIM storms uh, since 2007, and they are online brainstorms using building information models and digital twins to plan 
and have the asset information available from the initial planning process and hold that in a uh, secure uh, open standard database that allows information to come in and go out in a secure but standardized manner. And, Mike, and can I yes. uh, can I quickly just say, Kimon, would you describe a BIM storm as a brainstorm? To me, it feels almost more uh, a marrying of the brainstorm and action because, you know, but I'd love to hear from you, maybe the expert in BIM storms. Yeah, that was the uh, initial intent too. We kind of played off the word brainstorm, but there's a lot more to it than that, obviously. And um, in fact, a lot of these BIM storms have turned into actual projects. And yesterday was actually a good example of that, that we're actually looking at real things happening and applying things. So it's, first of all, to make it, um, open to anybody that wants to jump in and then to explore ideas and then maybe even quickly apply them to actual challenges and projects or whatever it might be. So it's, yeah, you're right. It's not just an idea. It's actually turning into more than that. And it has been from the very beginning, actually. Awesome. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And I think uh, I was hearing the world word agility uh, in your kind of response there, the ability to take you know, what might just be a normal brainstorm with some extra visuals and technological aids and turn them into a hopefully repeatable, scalable process that can have real world outcomes in real time, potentially. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, if you look at the software development world and, and agility is something that started kind of from developing applications quickly, right? But you can apply it to business processes too. It used to be kind of a waterfall approach, very much a waterfall approach, even for software development. You kind of have an idea, then you prototype it, then you develop it and you test it. And three years later, you have something that's functional. But by then the whole world has changed. And now with agile development, you want to iterate real quickly, find things that work and put out smaller modules. So the technology today, it's actually a lot easier to do that than it used to be. Um, but there's still a lot of the world is kind of still stuck on the waterfall approach and obviously in an emergency scenario, like we have in a lot of these bin storms, if we're reacting to things, you really don't have the, uh, the luxury of time and to uh, don't have the luxury to waste a lot of resources and you have to do it quickly and mobilize. And that's what was, I think, the most interesting thing yesterday you know, about the exercise, to me at least. Yeah, I was um, watching the the recording and Michael Hardy was coming in to offer some comments on the presentation and something he was mentioning was the need for kind of a structured approach to coordinate um, a variety of organizations or people who can offer resources to help with reconstruction or to offer manpower or assets, equipment, um, and something to kind of coordinate that effort and that doesn't serve as a barrier to participation. You know, we, what we don't want to do is stop people trying to help, but what we do want to do is, you know, coordinate it and make it, uh, you know, achieve the outcomes that we're, we're hoping for. Yeah, exactly. here. Hey, Paul. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Sorry, I'm late. I had another Zoom that ran over. No worries. <coughs> Uh, quite all right. Um, uh, nice to, to meet you. It was good talking with you previously. And um, I'd like Despite to- Despite the blizzard. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to Nick uh, 
Knoki, he's our technical director, and Kimon Onuma, who is a patron member who organized the workshop yesterday that focused on getting microgrid technology to Ukraine. And uh, we know you've, you're busy basically working two jobs, uh, you know, your solar uh, job and then uh, all the support you're providing for Ukraine. So we asked Kimon to do just a, a little overview of what um, was happened yesterday to give you some background and then we can talk with you about uh, what's actually happening on the ground. So Kimon, yeah. uh, you should be able to share your screen and give a summary. Yeah, you see my screen? Yeah, we see it. Okay, great. Yeah, so yesterday we, we did something called a BIM storm and a BIM storm is like an online workshop uh, to simulate uh, different scenarios for planning and asset management and it's been going on for quite a long time. And we've had hundreds or thousands of users over the years actually participating. So we shifted uh, the app, the uh, focus yesterday to planning microgrids. And that was the, the whole um, exercise that happened. Um, it was part of the uh, uh, several days of discussions. And then we actually started posting information on a website and we'll show some things live. But the first thing we did and we were- Sorry, can you with, guys give me one second? Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. No problem. Yeah, so the first thing we did is we said, okay, we need to at least get an understanding of the microgrid assets. So we created a very simple uh, Google Sheet form where we had uh, the different participants, Will and John um, and others, basically filling in a row for each type of asset and the basic information about its size and other data such as how many kilowatts it uses or produces and then we this list ended up being pretty long and there are different types of um, assets and then we started using those and first understanding what they were so we had will actually go through these slides with us these are the first set that we actually saw of what the asset what they looked like you know mobile assets battery packs etc um, and it gave us a pretty good understanding of how they function how they get to the site Obviously, you guys are the experts on this, but it was interesting because we quickly kind of absorbed. He's the expert on deployment. I just build this. I design and build the stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that that's the an important point because we have so many different experts. It's important to kind of. Well, I mean, there's the a dots. linkage. Um, so, I mean, I get we, we have like direct relief is all wondering how they're going to asset manage stuff that they bought from us, and so mm -hmm. there's um, yeah. Any case, so it's all intertwined. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so if you look at uh, from a perspective of a, somebody that produces microgrid assets, another one that, that deploys it, then you have the clients on site that say, where do we fit it? And we have a hospital that needs power, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. How do you put all that together and make the, make the decisions of how to deploy and make this work? And then the logistics of everything being a moving target, obviously, the situation is constantly changing. So how do we address that? Freaking part. Yeah. Uh, and then we had this other set of slides from uh, Trent where they had the different types of equipment for uh, ammonia units, etc. So there's kind of a range of, of information that was collected. 
And then we also collected information from previous exercises. A couple of years ago, we had one for COVID where we had containerized healthcare units, 20 foot containers with packages that were used as part of an exercise. And then we had a 40 foot container for medical and an office and housing, et cetera. So with all those pieces, we said, what can we do as far as doing an exercise for Ukraine? And this is a, a live view of what we did yesterday. We basically said there are dots on a map. It's a digital twin, as it's called, a dot on a map in Ukraine for Kharkiv and for Odessa. And then in the U.S. and Houston, San Antonio was where those um, uh, containerized healthcare units were used in an exercise two years ago for COVID. Um, so having a kind of a map like this allows us to kind of quickly zoom in and say, okay, let's look at what's going on here. And that's what we have with Kharkiv. We started with Kharkiv. And we said, what's going on there? And we found that there's a hospital on the ground there. Uh, and I'm opening up that view. Uh, so we have different views here. One is kind of a simplified kind of a map view, but we also have a satellite map from Google Earth in the background, which means that we could look at an existing hospital. And this color coding here is to indicate, is it, is it functioning or not? So if it's damaged or if it's uh, deployed, for example, it would be green, but this annex, we simulated what happens if this annex goes down and it needs uh, a microgrid to support it. And within this annex, we also did a simulation of what's inside there. So we know what the demand is. So we had an architect uh, actually quickly lay out what we knew of the clinic. So it's simulating wow. if an owner is saying there is an exam room here, wow. we can get down to the asset of here are six wow. exam rooms. That's huge. Can and you then, get that for every hospital in Ukraine? Well, that's the that's the objective. The, the challenge, that, would be, an, that would be huge because um, we can, uh, I'll tell you what, like if you, if you can increase that a little bit, you know, it's about identifying which one you know, because you can't always power everything or you can have the main generator. But if that fails, you know, what's your prioritization and, you know, exam screening or versus surgical, and et cetera. This exactly. is uh, this level of details. Tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. If you and could this... layer in as well, what kind of patients they're servicing. Mm -hmm. um, that I think would be important if you like, for example, I work a lot with a what used to be the children of Chernobyl hospital, but is now the Western Ukrainian specialized children's medical center. And, but they specialize in renal uh, issues for children and cancer. Mm, um, they're not doing general practice. Um, and I think such information is important because you've got those that do triage and those that don't and things like that, but just a small mm. recommendation. Yeah, that definitely. That's the interesting part. So that's if you funny you mentioned dental, because my cousin is the premier dental anesthesiologist of Ukraine. Ah. He does Zelensky and the oligarchs when they want it, when they need to go under. <laughs> that's just a, I, I'm glad I got a laugh out of it. That's what I was kind of like. Anesthesiologist oh. to the Ukrainian elite. Interesting. Yeah, and actually, just to give you a little background of how we created the hospital. So we've been doing a lot of work with different, I'm an architect, but we have a system where we have kind of cataloged the different types of healthcare rooms down to the individual piece of equipment. And this was generated from our work with healthcare owners. 
So you can say, I want an exam room or, or a dental exam room or whatever. And we know what's typically inside the room without even going into the room. You can get within range just by. I mean, one of the, one of the elements to this, I'm working with a gentleman who's put in a telemedicine room in Kharkiv mm -hmm. and we were talking about scaling it. Um, mm -hmm. If he ever gets his act together, then um, we would want to, I'd want to work with you guys on this. Um, if you're willing to put in that time and effort where we could, um, that's another thing too. So, oh yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. um, it's a telehealth room. Yeah. Is that in Kharkiv? No, this is the generic requirement. Generic. So imagine okay. these, yeah, it's, um, it's almost like we set it up like an Amazon. Yeah, yeah, cart. you just, you can, yeah. Can yeah, you drag that into something or how does that work? Yeah, so basically here's a shopping cart, right? And say I have yeah. a telehealth room yeah. and I want, I want two of them. And then you say, okay, yeah. build that. Put your email, and this is all open on the web. Yeah. You put that in here and you say, build it. And it basically builds that set. It kind of collects all the pieces and it has data in the background about what type of equipment, what's the characteristics, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm going to receive an email now and that email is going to say, okay, you're. Can we build in thing. like, um, can we, if we successfully start cataloging the hospitals, can we build in like intake need forms where they're pinging us and, or they could populate their needs for infrastructure into this and then donors can assess it? Yeah, definitely. In fact, that's what we prototyped yesterday on what I was showing you on the assessment of the microgrids. We said, fill in your, your needs here. We had a, we created a form and this form is what fed into the creation of the assets. Because I tell you what I would be interested in doing is that if we were to populate this more, obviously it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, this weekend, but um, uh, I, 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 yeah, this is really interesting. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you how. So my my a good friend of mine is now the deputy minister of digital transformation. He works for Fedorov um, hmm. and they're all at Davos this week. So it's possible to get a hold of them. But he hit me up because they have a need for field hospitals for um, solar generators. And uh, but in general, this is the kind of stuff that I think falls into his ministry. And if we were to look at this and start, I don't know how they're aggregating today. I mean, they're smart guys, they're IT guys, so I don't know what they have. It's not my purveyance, but um, gosh, I might put you in touch with those guys at, a, at the right time um, and see if there's some value you can add to to the to them. I mean, this to me, if you created a full database of this kind of stuff, when it gets hit or destroyed, they could put the comments in there they could put their needs in there i mean there's some mm -hmm. value here um i didn't perceive it this way when mike was talking to me um that's very interesting to focus in on this paul you mentioned early on kind of an obvious pain point of you know when conditions change and you had just finished your you know kind of digital twin work to to figure out what what was needed and then the needs change well this is you know one obvious pro of the this kind of new approach is that how fast it can change with the changing real-time conditions and that you don't necessarily lose the work you've done because of the the nature of this data asset management platform really yeah yeah. Again, I don't know what they have. I'm not assuming they're starting at zero because IT is Ukraine shtick. So if anything, they have, um, I mean, they were, one of the reasons they're still going is they developed their own artillery targeting software. That's better than what we have in the U.S. Yeah, they're very agile. 
Yeah, so what's interesting here is this, this if you look at this exam room, in the exam room, there's a chair, there's a yeah, I see. I saw that already, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then for me, you, uh, for then, me, gosh, can you add power consumption per device? Yeah, definitely. It would be an attribute where you just say, in fact, we have it at the building level, but this would be a power consumption. You know, instead of a serial number, you say how many how many kilowatts, for example. How many watts yeah. usually? How many watts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred and twenty, whatever watts or whatever. Yeah, so that's. I, I would add do... that if you're if you're in the microgrid space, that's a key attribute. I'd have that standardized. Yeah, definitely, and it's just a database in the background. So and then if there's a way to do it. it where your database, let's say you do it by item in this room, mm -hmm. and then it actually tells you, it rolls it up for the whole room. Right. And yeah. then that's actually how we go. Can I back up that room or can I only back up some of the stuff in there? Okay. Exactly. Um, but that would be a great attribute. And then you can, if in the end you can roll up the whole building, obviously, mm -hmm. and then you go, Oh, I need a big ass generator, but I can't find diesel fuel for it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In fact, at the building level, what we did is we said at the bill, in fact, let me show you the report. So the report for the whole site that we're just looking at here, is basically aggregating it all together and saying how much energy kilowatts is this is at the building level now but you can go down to the component level as well so we can know that that annex we don't know what the current consumption is because we didn't fill that in yesterday but other buildings just started filling in so we can see how many kilowatts it needs and this is all dynamically updated as you change the scenario here so if you add this uh mobile unit here that's an ammonia unit that we had that's powering this thing, then all of a sudden you have the, can it fit? Does it power that? It has exam room? Does, is it doing all the equipment, the entire building or just specific assets in the building? Mm -hmm. And we yep. and then we said, okay, we need an array or need another array. We said, we started just mm -hmm. copy pasting these, but as you graphically, because you can see this, it starts to generate the reports in the background. So now we have 20 and because we have a satellite in the background, we can say, does this fit in the parking lot? And is it close enough? And we know that the. Can you guys be patient for a quick sec? So I got off yeah. a big call and the guy running is calling. Hold on a sec. Yeah, no problem. Kamon, that's uh, this has been an amazing kind of expose or proof of concept uh, from yesterday, huh? Yeah, it's interesting how it just uh, evolved. <laughs> All right, guys, just... I'll call him back. I'll call him back. Um, the. Yeah. Um, God, I love the Google Earth. Its problem is it doesn't look like this anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we actually landed it in uh, Google Earth too. So if you go to Kharkiv on this one, yeah, basically that same setup that we were just looking at now. Because when you get into Google Earth, into so 3D, what's Will's just... thought? Does Will want to start using this, populating? What did he come back with? He seemed interested, but we didn't. So yeah. let's continue to explore and. So, so yeah, I, uh, Google Earth now 3D. So you see the exam room right there. I wanted to talk after this. Oh, repeat that again. You broke up. I'm kind of breaking up. It wasn't me. I, I didn't say anything. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like Mike said that Will wanted to talk after. You yeah. Know person or, or I, I i think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna this is very good for me to see and we just got some some product some shipments in there and as we land stuff um what we can do is we'll catalog in on our google drive and then um and then we can um 
let you guys know and you upload it. Mm -hmm. Is that how it starts to work? The assets, what, what type of assets are you talking about? Uh, like right now I got small power packs only arriving, but like if you, if we wanted to make this grow, we could start with some experiments where I say, okay, there's eight that's gone to here and, and there, and we at least know where they, I mean, honestly, some of the stuff I have right now is really small. It's not a big deal. So it's not a microgrid. Um, there'll be a couple more weeks before I get larger stuff in. It's just uh, yeah. taking forever on the logistics, but it's going to grow. Yeah. At the second even half small of this things, year. even small things are fine. Like this, this is a very small generator that we landed here, and then we had mm -hmm. from Will, I think it was. Okay. Then we had different containers. This is a twenty-foot container, so basically we simulated landing in, in Odessa at the port. Yep. Now sure. What do you can do see that? It? Yeah. Or it's not yeah. Mariupol, sadly. Um, yeah. So, hard to land anything in. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, very understandable. It's very. Um, it's, it's i'm really glad i saw it it's a lot i'm sure will kind of went away gone hmm. um so he he has a need for this in the u more than i do in the u.s he manages the assets but since i'm doing these projects in ukraine it might help my donors feel good um mm -hmm. and do more uh mm -hmm. if we know if we know we can track it better like uh, you know kind of love to know with all where every single one of my surgical headlamps is today you know mm -hmm. that we sent over yeah. I know they got distributed and I know it's being used faithfully, but um, kind of would be nice. Yeah. So, um, but on the hospital side, the telemedicine program would be interesting if we, if we scale that um, as well. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, who's my main point of contact uh, going forward? I, I'll probably go dark for a week or so, but you know, as we get stuff going, uh, is it Mike or, or, is it uh, Nick or you, Kimon? Uh, you can certainly reach out to Mike or I um, as a as a point of contact, and uh, that that's fine. We can get stuff to Kimon or put you guys in touch, um, whatever works. Okay, Nick, I do have. Oh, Colgate. Okay. All right, upstate New York guy. Yeah, I went to Colgate. Yeah, that's on it's on that address on your email address. Um, we're all Hoyas in my family, all Georgetown guys. So, but uh, my grand, uh, I've got some roots in upstate near near Kingston. Not exactly Colgate area, but kind of out in the Hickey Catskills. So, Colgate was um, in it was in a fairly rural area as well, which was um, which was nice. I loved being up there. Oh, absolutely! Look at the your background shows that you do. So I'm up in the great Pacific Northwest. So we love it too. Oh yeah. Important for us. Okay. So uh, let us know how you want to engage. I've got a really good feel for this. Um, I'd like to have access to this if I could, I don't know if I'm allowed or how that works. Yeah. I'll send, I'll send you some links. And, and in fact, one question that you asked earlier is interesting is how do we get these floor plans of the hospital? But if, if you only have the foot, this is a footprint from Google earth, right? The shape. But then if you know from the administrator that you have five room exam rooms and the mechanical room up here, even through a phone conversation, you could start at least filling in the parts that are known that would trigger the need for the, that demand, right? You don't need a complete plan of the hospital because yeah. most owners don't have good floor plans. If they do, then we use those as a background. But if they don't, we say, let's just collect what's available to rapidly get to a point to make a decision. And sure. because we have the database in the background of all these pieces, you don't have to start from zero. We basically know what 
typical exam room has. It's plus or minus 10% of the equipment, but you can easily, you can go into individual ones here and just take things out if they don't belong there. So for this, sure. for example, if this isn't there, you just pull it out of the building and it goes away from the database. Yeah, so I'll send you some links. Okay. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say Kimon's email is in the chat now, but sounds like... Uh, I, I think I had it already. Um, I might have. Um, but I'll... Um, mine's in there as well, so perfect. Um, okay, well, you know, I, I, I do... I'm right now of the mindset of... Um, really looking at the needs in the fall i think it's going to be awful fall and winter it's going to be very difficult very mm -hmm. challenging um and uh so you know i'm looking working with donors on ever more projects right now and so my uh so we'll we will uh this is kind of interesting it's really interesting if i can tell a donor he can keep track of an asset going mm -hmm. to these places so uh, it's always the fear that everybody has keeps everybody in line. Um, yeah, not just hospitals, but if it goes elsewhere, and then we tell them, "Hey, you got to notify us where it ends up," and the like. So um, yeah, and we actually yesterday we activated on that same Kharkiv site. We actually activated a work order and preventive maintenance system, so you can actually drill into what we were just showing on the annex, for example. Oh, I so like that. We're in the annex. Mm -hmm. We're in the first floor. Here's that exact same space. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I I got a project with direct relief where I think they're if we have this, I think it'll push them over the edge. Um, is there a way that? Uh, okay, you send me the link. I'll see what I see in there, and then I'd like to be able to possibly include this. And in, so maybe I'll take some screenshots or something, and I'll be able to. Um, but I, I or if you could, I would love a couple of screenshots of like the hospital layout and the room layout. And sure. I can say, look, we can track this asset. Um, yeah, definitely. So we have the that recording. Be, I, from, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we have the recording from yesterday's session too. It's a little bit longer, but we could send you different snippets of the. the yeah, I just need some couple of screenshots so you guys think are critical. Um, yeah. The obviously the overview of the country, and then the hospital, the rooms, um, you know, and then the, the detailed assets. in the room where we could show the assets. That could be pretty. Okay, great guys. Right, great. Thanks hey, for your input. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you guys. Uh, exceeded my expectations. Thank you so much <laughs> for including great. me in this. And I will, um, you know, as I talk, look, there's lots of people doing lots of things, but um, when I spot um, people doing things that are more permanent infrastructure or semi-permanent in nature and not just food kits and triage bandages, um, I'll let you, you, um, uh, you know, there's, there are some of those. So, um, you know, I'm hoping you guys will say, great, we'll catalog them for you or something like that. Is that, is that, am I seeing that correctly? That I could send people your way that you could help asset, that could help join this and manage their assets in classrooms and things like that? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We actually are using it for the community, uh, very large community colleges here in Los Angeles, with 700 okay. buildings. Because I got, I've got people wanting to do a lot of donations. I'm not centering it, but he's trying to pull me in for mm -hmm. classroom donations for the children that are outside of Ukraine, mm -hmm. um, Poland and other places. And I think they probably want to tag, manage their assets because um, it's large yeah. projects. Um, okay, super. Great. Have a yeah. great Memorial Day weekend. You too, well, thank thanks. Thank you so much for helping make this 
so real. I haven't helped anything yet. Don't thank me for anything yet. But uh, <laughs> I thank you guys for illuminating me to this. And thank you, Kimono Numa, especially for uh, for really bringing. You guys are you guys are most talented. It looks beautiful, honestly. So, thank you. Thank and you very much. Bye, guys. Take care. Making it possible, uh, as what you know, especially Trent Port Services for John Arnup's participation, and to all our presenters for the last week of Summit. Uh, all righty. Amazing. Uh, and there, thanks, Mike. Sorry, your connections. Can't say thank you in person. <laughs> um, we will uh, hopefully see everyone at next week's Thursday at three. Um, until then, see ya. Thanks. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we would like to thank the Andrew James Advisory Group for their sponsorship. For more information about AJAG and their services, please visit www.andrewjamesadvisory.com or email info at andrewjamesadvisory.com.